You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Take your Bibles, please, to Philippians chapter 4. And I'd like to share with you a few thoughts from this passage of Scripture, Philippians 4. And I'll begin reading in verse number 4. The Bible says in Philippians 4, in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be careful, uh, be anxious, be worried for nothing. That's a pretty powerful statement. Last Sunday morning, I preached from John 14, let not your heart be troubled. And Jesus uh, spoke that with authority and he spoke it with the promise because he's coming back and because uh, he is preparing a place for us and he is the way, the truth, and the life. And for the Christian, you don't need to be worried. You and I don't need to be anxious for anything. Be careful for nothing. But notice the rest of the verse, but in everything, in everything, without exception, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known unto God. Aren't you glad we can pray? Aren't you glad we can talk to God? Aren't you glad that God hears our prayer? Verse 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 10, but I, Paul said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. I'd like to preach to you this morning for those here at our drive-in service and those watching online and those listening on the radio. I'd like to preach to you about the recipe for rejoicing. You see, rejoicing in the Lord is a command. Philippians 4.4, it doesn't make it optional. It says specifically to God's people, rejoice in the Lord. It doesn't say just in the good times. Uh, Anybody can rejoice when things are going good. Anybody can rejoice when we're healthy and there's money in the bank and the job's good and the family's good. But this verse says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. There is a recipe for rejoicing. And in Philippians 4, we see that rejoicing does not happen out of nowhere. Rejoicing is not some magical, some instantaneous thing that happens in the life of a Christian just because you wake up in the morning. But rejoicing, there is a recipe, there is a plan, there are some things that accompany rejoicing for the child of God. And I'd like to preach about that for a few moments this morning. And let's pray one more time and ask God to bless and meet with us in this service today. Lord, we love you. I pray that we would not miss these truths from your precious word. I thank you that we can rejoice in the Lord always. I thank you that you have showed us that it's possible. And Lord, you have given us the steps and you've given us the pattern and you've given us the recipe for rejoicing. I pray that you'd encourage our hearts from your word today. We pray, Holy Spirit of God, would you meet with us? Uh, We pray so often for you to fill our auditorium and for you to fill our classrooms, but We've been praying now for these many weeks that you would fill this parking lot. 
And that you would speak to our hearts and that you would give us what we need from the word of God today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Notice number one. It's found back in verse number one. But if you and I are going to rejoice, number one, we must realize our purpose. Did you know there are many people in this world and many people in this life who have not discovered their purpose? They don't, they've not realized the meaning of life. They don't know why they're here. They, they maybe believe that life is just uh, an accident or life is just chance. But I've got news for you. God placed us here for a purpose. You and I are here for a reason. Notice verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. We are commanded to stand fast, to hold tight, to uh, stick with the purpose that God has given us. Notice verse number 3. Paul said, my purpose... He said, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, those that helped him in bearing burdens and serving. He said, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. Friend, that's our purpose right there. Our purpose is the gospel. We talked about on Easter Sunday, the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. It's your purpose to acclaim the gospel, to receive the gospel, to receive salvation. But then don't just keep it for yourself. Share it with others. Tell others. Spread the good news. Reach people with the gospel. That's the ministry. That's the purpose that God has given us. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But Paul said, I've labored with some in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers. Notice verse 3. Whose names are in the book of life. Aren't you glad that we can know that our name is recorded in the book of life? Aren't you glad that you can know that you're saved? And friend, if you know that you're saved, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've got a purpose. I've got a purpose. You say, but we're having a, a pandemic and we're dealing with the virus and we're dealing with a lot of crazy stuff. I know but our purpose has not changed. Our purpose is still all about serving God and getting the gospel out and knowing that we are saved, we're born again, and we have a reason to live. If you're here today and you do not know that you're saved, I challenge you today to get that settled. You can know for sure that heaven is your home. I want to encourage you today, know that God has a plan for your life and live every single day to fulfill that plan and that purpose. You'll never have joy. I'll never have joy until we first establish the fact that we are here for a purpose. As a Christian, find your purpose. As a Christian, serve God. Be a witness. Live for eternity. Fulfill your purpose every day in your family. Fulfill your purpose. Fulfill your purpose as a husband. Fulfill your purpose as a wife. Fulfill your purpose as a, a father or a mother. Fulfill your purpose as a, a teenager, as a child. Fulfill your purpose as a grandparent. Fulfill your purpose that God has given to you. God has a purpose. Notice number two. How can we have rejoicing not only by finding our purpose, but number two, by prayer. It says in verse number six, be careful for nothing. Be anxious, be worried for nothing. But in everything, 
in every situation, in every walk of life, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, in everything give thanks. You won't be able to rejoice. You will not be able to have joy if you do not learn how to pray. You see, when you pray, you realize that you are taking your hands off the steering wheel. You are taking your hands off the controls and you are placing your life in God's hand. Prayer is an exercise of faith. When you pray and you talk to God, you say, God, I can't do it. God, I've got needs, I've got burdens, I've got requests that I can't handle. So, God, I'm coming to you. And there is great joy in being able to say, I'm going to cast my burden upon the Lord. There's great joy in going to God in prayer. And you pray about it and you leave your burden with the Lord and you say, God, I'm trusting you to meet my need. We must pray if we're going to experience rejoicing. Notice what it says, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Friend, our prayer life many times consists of, Lord, give me this, and Lord, do this, and Lord, help this, and Lord, fix this. And by the way, I think you ought to pray about your needs. I think we ought to talk to God about our requests. That's what it says. Let your requests be made known unto God. But may I say, in our prayer life, there ought to be a lot of thanksgiving. There ought to be a lot of prayer, but there ought to be a lot of people just saying, God, I want to thank you for the prayers you have answered. I want to thank you for the blessings that I never prayed for, and you already blessed me with. God has been so good in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God. It's God's plan for you and I to give thanks. Notice not only our purpose, not only prayer, but how can we have rejoicing? How can we rejoice in the Lord always? Number three, it's found in verse 7. We can have rejoicing when we experience God's peace. It says in verse number 7, And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Did you know there is a battle every day for your mind? There is a battle for your thoughts. And Satan would love to get control of your thoughts. He would love to get control of your mind because if he can disrupt your thoughts, he can rob you of peace. But I want to tell you this morning, peace doesn't come from you. Peace doesn't come from me. Peace doesn't come from a person. Peace doesn't come from a job or a hobby. But the peace comes from God. It says in verse 7, and the peace of God, that is what's going to keep you. That is what is going to protect you. It says, and the peace of God which passes all understanding. You can't understand it. You can't explain it. How can a Christian, how can a child of God have peace in the middle of a storm? How can you have peace in the middle of a battle? I've been there many times, and I expect that you've been there many times as well. But I've been in the funeral homes, and I've been in the hospitals, I've been in the operating rooms, uh, outside the operating rooms, in the waiting room. I've been in the hospital lobbies. I've been in the living rooms. I've been here in the office when people come and their world is crashing down. And they'll say something like this. But I know that God is going to take care of it. 
Can I tell you, that's peace right there. That's peace to know that it doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from a man. It doesn't come from uh, an organization or it doesn't come from an institution. It doesn't come from our intellect, but peace comes from God. Peace comes from God and peace comes from trusting God and He protects our heart and our mind through Christ Jesus. Notice verse number 9. It says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Can I tell you, so much of peace is not what you know, but it's who you know. And it's knowing that you've got God with you. You say, but pastor, we've not met in the auditorium for eight weeks. I know that. But God's not limited to an auditorium. You say, but we've not had our Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study in the church. And we've not had our Sunday school. We've not had that for eight weeks. I know that. But can I tell you, God can show up in your house. And God can show up in your car. And God can show up in your yard. And God can meet with you. And God can meet with you. And God doesn't give us peace and say, have fun. God doesn't give us peace and say, you're on your own. God gives us peace and he walks with us and he goes with us and he says, I will be with you no matter what you face. I'm glad that we can rejoice because of God's perfect peace. Notice number four, I've already talked about a little bit, but how can we have rejoicing? How can we live a life of rejoicing in the Lord? Number four, it's in what we ponder. It's what we think about. It says in Philippians 4, verse 8, finally, brethren, and you can tell that Paul was a preacher because he said finally, but he wasn't done. He kept going for quite a while, like many preachers I know and like some preachers you probably know, like the one you're listening to this morning. But Paul says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. That's pretty basic. It's, it's not false. It's true. It's not a lie. It's truth. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest, that word means honorable or noble. Whatsoever things are just, what's, well, the things that are right. Whatsoever things are pure, that's clean. Whatsoever things are lovely, that is acceptable. Whatsoever things are of good report, that is reputable. If there be any virtue, that's moral goodness. If there be any praise, that's a commendation. Paul said, these are the things that I want you to think about. That word think, it means to meditate means to muse it means to ponder I want to ask you this morning what has consumed your thoughts this week boy I tell you what it's easy sometimes to let the world control our thoughts it's easy to let the news control our thoughts to let the bad news to let the the hard times control our thoughts but that's not what God says God says we're supposed to we are commanded to think on those things that are true and honest, and just, and pure, and lovely, and good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, that's what we should think about. Many of us do not have the joy that God wants us because we spend our time thinking about things that are not joyous. You and I, we must bring into captivity every thought. We must control what we think about. We must control what we allow to enter into our mind by way of the ear and by way of our eyes and what we, what we read and what we soak in, we must guard our thoughts. That's how we'll have rejoicing if we'll think about those things that God wants us to think about. Number five, how do we have rejoicing? By putting into practice the things that we've heard. Notice verse number nine. Those things 
which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Boy, it's easy sometimes as Christians. It's easy just to soak it all up. Boy, we get preaching and we get Sunday school and we get devotionals and we get Bible studies and we get lessons and we've got books and we've got podcasts and we've got Facebook uh, challenges and all of that. But the goal is not to gather as much information as we can and then hang on to it. The goal is to gather as much as we can and then do something with it. Put it into practice. Yes, there must be learning. There must be receiving. There must be hearing. There must be seeing. you you got to get around some godly people, and you've got to watch them, and you've got to observe them. But then do something with what you have been taught. There must be some practice. There must be some exercise. There must be uh, a putting into practice the things that we have received. Here's your homework for today. We're talking about rejoicing. So the homework for today is to go home today and live a life of rejoicing. Make sure your words are words of rejoicing. Make sure your your actions are actions of rejoicing. Make sure you notify your face. Sometimes we, we convince ourselves that we're rejoicing. We have the joy of the Lord. But from looking at our faces, sometimes you never know it. Hey, let's put into practice this thing of rejoicing and, and rejoicing in the Lord always. Number six, I want you to notice the power, the power, the strength, the ability to rejoice in the Lord. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. There is joy in rejoicing when you know that you can accomplish anything through God's power. Our strength is not in ourselves. We are weak, but he is strong. We can rejoice in the Lord always because we can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth us. Now, I many times will read that verse, and I'll think about the big things. You ever do that? You, just, you automatically you think about the big, huge obstacles that you're facing. You think about the huge burdens that you're going through, and you think about some big event that's coming up, and you say, I can do all things. And by the way, it's true for the big things. But I want to remind you, it's also true for the little things. It's also true for the things that don't seem big. God can help you with whatever you're facing. God can help you with your attitude. God can help you with your spirit. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're listening today and maybe you are a negative person. Maybe you're critical. Maybe you're cynical. Maybe you're depressed. Can I tell you, God can help you with that. Maybe you're dealing with uh, problems in relationships, and you say, oh, it's just something little. Well, God can help you with the little things. Maybe it's finances, and you think, oh, that's not a big deal. Well, it's probably a big deal to you, but God can help you. God can help you with your job. God can help you with temptation. God can help you with your thoughts. God can help you with your words. God can help you in all things. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me. Number seven, I see quickly, I see the provision. We can rejoice in the Lord knowing that our needs will be met. It says in verse number 11, Paul said, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Well, it's so easy. It's so easy to desire more. It's so easy to see something and to covet. 
and say, I wished I had that, or my life would be better if I had that, or if I had that job, or if I had that much money, or if I had that, you name it. But can I tell you, contentment is the key. You and I will not be rejoicing until we learn how to be content and how we learn how to trust the provision of God. Verse number 19, Paul wrote and he said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I want to tell you today, God is able to meet your needs. God is able to provide. God is able to give you those things that you need and those things that you have to have. God is able to meet those needs. And there's great joy in knowing that our provision comes from God. Lastly, I want you to notice verse number 20. Paul writes in Philippians 4 and verse number 20, and he says, Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This was written about 2,000 years ago. But can I tell you, God still deserves glory today. God deserved glory in Paul's life and Paul's ministry. And God deserved glory from the church at Philippi. But God deserves glory from Victory Baptist Church. God deserves the glory from your home and from your life. And God deserves the glory from my life and my family. May God be glorified. We don't give God glory many times. Because we like to take the credit. We like to think that the good things in our life are because of our actions or because of our choices or because of our hard work. And I'm not discounting hard work. And I'm not discounting character. And I think you ought to work. And I think you ought to accomplish something. But I want to remind us today that anything good in our lives is all because of Jesus. There's nothing good in me and there's nothing good in you. All the glory belongs to God and all the glory goes to Him and you and I will live a life of rejoicing when we put down pride and when we put on humility. We'll start to rejoice when we realize that God has been better to us than we deserve. God has been so good. God has blessed us beyond our wildest dreams and our selfishness stands in the way of our rejoicing and our selfishness and our pride keeps us from having the joyful, abundant Christian life. But I want to tell you, if you're going to have rejoicing, you're going to have to follow the recipe. There's going to have to be praise, and there's going to have to be glory to God for what He has done in your life, for what He is doing in your life, and for what He will do. I challenged you last week, really, with one thought. Let not your heart be troubled. This morning, I'd like to challenge you with this thought. Rejoice in the Lord Always. And again, I say rejoice. Would you make the decision this week? I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I don't always understand it. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. But I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord greatly. I'm going to rejoice in Him. I'm going to give Him thanks. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to do all I can to rejoice in the Lord. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.